You're listening to the Up In Your Business podcast, episode number 012. Today, we talk to Dave Delaney about his book, New Business Networking, his presentation at HubSpot's Inbound Conference, and how you can improve with improv. But, you know, I'm not that great at sales. And and I realized, wait a minute, no, 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 no. I work for myself. If I'm not good at sales, then we don't eat. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Hey there, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Up In Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Angus Nelson, coming to you all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. I wanted to say thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself so you can become your most effective self. That's my hope. And around here in the Nelson household... We are gearing up for the holiday season already. There's music playing and threats of setting up and decorating the tree. They're circulating around the house um, even before our American Thanksgiving holiday has arrived. And I hope we're not the only ones excited about this fantastic season coming upon us. In addition, I'm focusing on 2016, and I'm already creating my plan for what I want to accomplish. And while I enjoy having a plan, I'm also aware that life often requires that we improvise uh, once in a while. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is that bit of improvisation. But before we get to today's guest, I want to make a simple request. If you're enjoying this podcast and all of these interviews, if you could please take the time to leave a review on iTunes, I'd love to hear uh, that you're enjoying the show, and this also helps uh, the podcast to grow. And please, if you uh, can tell your friends, um, that would mean a whole lot to me. So let's let's jump into the show. Today, our guest is Dave Delaney. He's best recognized for his work in the digital marketing space. He's also into social media strategy and business networking. He's the author of the acclaimed book, New Business Networking, and he's been featured in Billboard Magazine, USA Today, Entrepreneur, Mashable, Venture Beat, and more. So let's jump into the interview right now. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Up In Your Business Podcast. I'm Angus Nelson. I'm with Dave Delaney today. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Fantastic. I um, wanted to backtrack on something we just talked about before we came on the air. Way back when, before you got into all of the marketing and all of the social side of this, you were doing a little bit of more traditional marketing with Hairspray, the musical. Mm-hmm. How, how did it's you get true. into that? Well, I started my career working for a theater publicity company in Toronto, a very small theater publicity company. Um, and from that company, I was hired on as marketing manager for um, for Hairspray in Toronto, which is the Broadway musical by John Waters that uh, I think some of your listeners will be familiar with, I hope. And uh, yeah, so it was it was great. And it was one of those 
it was it's a huge show so having it in toronto you know we, the run was good it, it lasted about a year um so it was a fun run but um yeah i learned so much and and you know while it was traditional marketing at the same time um i've always been geeky and brought in some sort of online components so i brought in like a um uh email list uh builder um and some other interesting things like photos like you know back then before smartphones people wouldn't bring their phones or they're, sorry they wouldn't bring their cameras to the um theater because you know that's a no no but mm-hmm. of course nowadays everybody has one on their phone so i hired an, uh, a photographer to take a photo of each person on a particular day um on every friday we had this big event that i did on fridays at the theater and um, it was with like a photo cutout, like one of those, you know, wooden cutouts of the characters, some of the actors from the show. And then I would put those photos online and you had to sign up for the newsletter to get the photo so you could download the photo of you at the theater. So it was a good way to like grow the email list back then um, before social media and all that good stuff. I just think it's fascinating um, because now we flash forward and you've worked for Emma doing email marketing. You worked with mm-hmm. Griffin and all of the um, different products that they do that complement mobile devices, and um, and then you rolled off, and now you kind of do your own thing. And let's talk about that a little bit. Your company, Future Forth. What is it that you do, and and what is it that you stand for? Yeah, so I work with companies, usually small to medium sized businesses. What I do is audit what they're doing currently online, and then I provide a recommendations and and kind of overview package which is usually around 25 pages or so of, you know, based on what they are trying to actually do. I think a lot of businesses, you know, will jump on every social network without really having a plan or without knowing if anything is working or, or really having a clear idea of what they should be doing necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for a business to just set up accounts because they're free. Right. right. So, um, so yeah, I come in and I look through what they're doing currently based on what they're actually trying to do and setting some KPI, some key performance indicators. We can actually measure the results of our work together. And so typically, uh, yeah, small to medium-sized businesses. I've been doing it about four, a little over four years now, and it's been going great. I love it. And you've been doing a lot of speaking too. Uh, this year, you were, mm-hmm. you were speaking at Inbound. What was your topic yes. and what, what did you talk about then? Yeah, so the topic was called Improve with Improv. So- um, I'll back up a little bit. So I trained with uh, Second City in Toronto many years ago and uh, graduated from their improv course um, courses. I guess it was multiple multiple semesters and um, performed uh, once with Second City before leaving to move to Ireland. And when I lived in Ireland, I, I started an improv troupe myself there, not by myself, but I started an improv troupe um, called The Lads. And we performed every Thursday night uh, for a little over a year um, while I was living there. And, um, yeah, so when I got invited to speak at HubSpot's inbound conference, excuse me, I was thinking about social media and and the world that I live in, which is very, you know, social media centric. I, you know, I I live and breathe this stuff. And Mm so I was thinking of different angles to talk about social media and social marketing and things. But I think, um, I came to the conclusion that the, the invite was to do a bold talk, which is like a TEDx talk. It's uh, actually a 12 minute talk. So not a lot of time. And I started thinking about it and realized, you know, this is in, in a way for me to talk about social media too much. Um, I'm kind of preaching to the converted here. It's inbound after all, you know, it's HubSpot's conference. So, you know, this is a room full of marketers and that they live and breathe social and all that. So I decided to uh, give it, a, a, you know, 
instead look sort of into my past and and think of some ideas for a different talk, something unusual. And so decided to do it about um, three key lessons that I learned performing improv. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what it's called. Improv. Improve your life with improv. I wrote a little ebook as well based on on the talk. Now, hold on. You you said there was the three keys and then you didn't tell us what those threes were. That's a bit of a tease. It is. It is. That's how I roll. So. <laughs> okay. So then I have to ask, what are they? The main, th- the three key things are acceptance. So accepting the circumstances, you know, accepting your circumstances and the situation you're in um, and adapting to what you're doing, you know, based on, on, on accepting that. And so in improv, that really comes down to this main rule in improv called yes. And, and anyone listening who knows anything about improv is shaking their head up and down going, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And the the way improv works, um, yes. And is sort of this fundamental rule. Um, and the way it works is that let's say we are on stage and we ask the audience, um, for an object and they give me a basketball. And so, um, I tell you, you come on a stage and I say, Hey, check it out. I've got this brand new basketball. That's when you have to say, you don't have to say it exactly like yes. And, but when you train improv, that's what you learn. You say yes. And let's play basketball right now. Or yes. And I have a bowling ball or yes. And let's blow it up with as much air as possible and see if we can make it explode. But the the flip side of that is, is blocking. And so it's for you to say, for you to come out and say, that's not a basketball. No, that's not a basketball. That's, that's, you know, that's a grenade or no, that's not a basketball. That's, you know, a Frisbee. Um, and what happens is by blocking that the audience, um, don't believe what's happening anymore and it kind of ruins the scene. And so there's this rule of yes. And, and so the idea in, um, when I was talking about this at inbound, I was talking about the fact that, you know, somebody might say, Hey, you know, this line for this talk is too long and I'm thirsty and you could say, yes, and I'm buying a beer. Let's go. I'll buy you a beer or anything like that. Just kind of accepting circumstances around you. And, and, and yeah, it's a good rule in life to, to kind of follow. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the first key point. The second one is about becoming a better listener. Um, and in improv, obviously you, you have to be a good listener or you're going to be dead in the water. Um, so that's a given. And obviously, the same can be said when you're, you know, working with clients or potential clients or friends and family or, you know, whoever you're talking to. It's so important to be a really good listener and to listen to what they're what they're saying. The third point is not to fear failure. And, you know, we all fear failure. Of course we do. We don't want to fail. Nobody wants failure. Um, and so in improv, obviously, you can't you can't fear failure or you'll never get on the stage because failure does happen. You know, it's just it's it's a given. I mean. Uh, you know, you watch whose line is it anyway or something and you don't see any failure there, but you, you know, a lot of people don't realize that show is edited, (laughs) right? So they cut out the worst parts. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you've ever been in an improv show, you know, for the most part, hopefully that they're there, it's a good performance, a good troupe. Um, most of the show is really good, but every once in a while, you know, a few scenes will end flat or, you know, end abruptly just because they're not going anywhere. And so it's not, it's, it's about, accepting and moving on and just going on to the next thing and not fearing not fearing that failure gosh it's very easy to see all the metaphors and in what you described Mm -hmm. and even even your life is kind of a fits into that metaphor um as i stated you started off with hairspray and then you went you know on and on so you had was it some journalism that you did as well and then um of course griffin and the technology side Mm -hmm. of it 
and Emma with uh, email marketing. Like you've really iterated your career. So you've in many ways improved, you know, what it is that you've been doing for work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Henry Rollins has a quote that was actually in that, in that uh, presentation that I quoted from black flag. And he said like his whole career, something like for the last 30 years, his entire life has been one big improv. Um, and I think it's true. I think a lot of us improvise a lot of the times. And, you know, I think if we, uh, I was, re I read this on James Altucher's blog recently. I'm a big fan of his stuff. And he, and he wrote about, uh, if we don't reinvent, we die, which I love. Hmm. Yeah, I have a 20 year old daughter and she's in college right now and she's, you know, trying to decide what her major is. And, you know, one of the things I told her, I said, very few of us ever actually, quote unquote, do what we went to mm -hmm. college for. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a matter of kind of getting through that process and learning some of the, the bones to it. And then the rest you are, you're improving all the time. Can you share, like, for you, what have been the times when the improvisation or iteration of your career um, wasn't so easy? What have been some of the challenges or the areas that have maybe um, kept you back, those little gremlins uh -huh. maybe in your head that you've had to battle through? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, in my career... I have always worked for someone else and it, I've done other things on the side that are, that were entrepreneurial, but more community based and not really necessarily, um, to, to make a bunch of money or anything more, more community based events and things like that, that, that I've organized over the years. But that was always while I was employed by somebody on the side. Um, and it would never interfere with work, of course, but it would be something just passion projects that I would do. And when I went out on my own, um, it took me a while to realize, you know, for the longest time I was telling people, you know, I'm not, I'm not very good at sales. You know, I, I love marketing. I love promotions, publicity. That's my stuff. And, and technology, of course, but you know, I'm not that great at sales. And, and I realized, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I work for myself. If I'm not good at sales, then we don't eat. Isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's not even an option of me to say, I'm not very good at sales. That's not even, that can't be. If I'm not good at sales, then I shouldn't be doing this. I should be working for someone. And so I came to that realization working for myself because, you know, while I was lucky that, you know, I, I, I built a strong um, personal brand over the years and, and have a, a really strong, great community of friends who support me. Um, you know, the day that I blogged about me going out on my own and launching my own thing, it was hilarious. It was amazing because all these people were like, oh, my gosh, you did it. You did it. Yay. And all these friends and seasoned entrepreneurs and people that are, you know, quote unquote, influencers and things that are, are well known in the sort of social media space who are friends and authors and things all came out and said, oh, way to go, Dave, finally. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, and at the time, uh, you know, I, I was lucky because, um, word of mouth spread and, and I had clients instantly and, and I had no problems with that. Um, however, with every business you have ups and downs. And so, um, you know, another big lesson I've learned in, in, in launching my own business is to, uh, is to try to prepare as best as you can so that you have work, um, when the other work that you have kind of slows down or, or wraps up that you have other stuff, um, prepared to, to mo keep moving you forward. Because I think with, and it's not just in, 
consulting and the stuff that I do, I mean, you go into a restaurant and you know, like sometimes it's dead and sometimes it's busy and sometimes they don't know, like it's a Thursday night and it's dead. And they're like, what is going on? Why is it so dead? These things happen sometimes and you don't know. Um, but the best, the most important thing is being prepared for those or, you know, as best as possible anyway. So that's something else I've learned and in the adjustment of working for myself. You kind of brought up something there from your expertise, someone who wants to turn their passion project into a real Mm -hmm. thing. What, what kind of advice would you give them? I think um, my advice would be to, to test it and make sure that it's something feasible, that, that you're going to have customers. Um, in fact, I would do it maybe as like a side hustle as long as it's not conflicting with your regular work um, or, you know, or competing or anything like that. But, but launch something on the side and just see if you, can, um, if you can get customers who are willing to pay you for whatever that is. Um, I think just quitting your job and, and doing something cold is, um, silly and, and maybe not the best idea. And I, I guess it depends where you are in life too. Right. I mean, I was irresponsible and stupid as a, as a young person, but that was mainly really just going out to bars and stuff like that <laughs> when I really should have been launching businesses and failing like crazy then. Cause who cares, right? You're young and you have lots to, to learn. Um, but you know, if you have a family, or if you have a significant other, then maybe uh, um, preparing ahead of time is, is not maybe preparing ahead of time is definitely something you want to do to to prove your concept and to make sure that whatever it is is going to is going to sell. And talking to your loved one too, talking to your partner and making sure that, you know, she's on board. Um, you know, my wife is Heather is extremely supportive and just amazing, amazing. And uh, and my best buddy. So she's she's totally been supportive. And, and sometimes I, I have an idea and she'll be like, that's stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> and I listen to her because, mm-hmm. you know, I would be stupid not to. Yeah. And isn't that a powerful premise right there is having a, a trusted ally that can speak truths, can speak, um, you know, honestly yeah. to you and probably even better if they really, really know you better than mm-hmm. you know yourself. Yeah. Um, who's been there for you outside of your wife that has been a mentor or when you run into a roadblock and have challenges, who do you, who do you go to for coaching or, or support? Um, yeah, I I have different friends that I look up to a lot that are really smart and, and way smarter than me and, and just amazing at what they do. People like CC Chapman, Chris Brogan, John Morgan are just like just a handful of those people. Um, and there's other folks too, who, yeah, I'll reach out to, um, and who will provide me with some great sound advice and and things like that. I've always been a bit of a perfectionist and, and, and asking for help has been, um, uh, difficult for me. Um, and, but that's something else that I've learned that if you don't ask, um, no one's going to be willing to just help you. So you have to kind of muster up that courage to ask someone. And I think the whole mentorship something sometimes gets a little confusing because I think young entrepreneurs or, or new entrepreneurs may seek out mentors and may even ask somebody, hey, will you be my mentor? And I don't think it works that way. A lot of the time, I think I think more it's it's different people at different stages in life who you reach out to because they're an expert in whatever area they're in, um, who are close friends, what have you. Um, but rather than rather saying, you know, will you mentor me? 
just saying, you know, I've got a question about this and, you know, what do you think I should do? And, and just asking more of a, a casual mentorship without, you know, necessarily saying you're my, cause I think if you ask somebody, Hey, will you be my mentor? They're going to be like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. What is that? <laughs> that sounds like a lot of commitment, man. <laughs> it's an obligation. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think sometimes that the language there can be a little misleading in a way and maybe put some people off, but, um, yeah, I've been really lucky. I had a podcast. It's sort of in hiatus right now. Um, at nbnradio.com, New Business Networking Radio, which is named after my book. And, you know, I interviewed 53 authors and entrepreneurs and talk about, yeah, and you know this yourself, I mean, you know, mentorship. I mean, you're learning so much from the people that you talk to. Mm. Maybe not me, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the other guests that you've had, surely. Uh, and so there's another element to that too, when you want someone to be your mentor, I, I think it's really good to give people some parameters of expectation because like you said, when you ask somebody, hey, will you be my mentor? That, yeah, it sounds a little intense yeah. versus, hey, would it be okay if I checked in on, you know, once every six months and kind of give you my game plan and have you hold me accountable? Yeah. And yeah. maybe help coach me through it. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great way to do it. And I think also letting them know that, you know, it's a, they, they you know, they don't have to censor themselves. They can just tell you straight up, like, that's dumb. Don't do that or do that a different way. You know, I think that's wise as well. Um, so let's back up to you and um, you're not American from birth. You're Canadian. I am. And then you went to Ireland, which I'm sure there's a story behind that, yes. before you came to the U.S., and then you chose Nashville. Like, how did that all come about? What brought you to a different country and a foreign land? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It's, it, it's, a, it's, it's a bizarre story. It's really weird. But it does go to show you how small the world is and also um, kind of reinstates the importance of following your passions and, and the things that you're really into. And so um, one thing that I've always been into is, is travel. 1996, I backpacked uh, much of Europe, England, Ireland, France, Spain, and Portugal over a summer and fell in love with Ireland. Go figure. I'm a Dave Delaney. I'm a Delaney. Um, and I do like a pint of Guinness from time to time. So yeah, I fell in love with Ireland. Uh, and so 97 um, came home back to Toronto where I'm from. Saved up a bunch of money, working odd jobs, just working a bunch, or not odd jobs, but just working a lot, working odd hours, definitely doing that, um, just to save up a bunch of money. And then 98, I, I decided to move to Ireland and spend a year there. And shortly after getting there, I met my wife, um, who uh, was my waitress, actually, at a restaurant that I was a, a customer at. And uh, and um, she had this really great Southern accent. And I said, where are you from? And she said, uh, Tennessee. Jackson, Tennessee, actually, which is between Memphis and Nashville. And, uh, you know, it's funny that this Canadian lad goes over to Ireland to meet a nice girl from Tennessee. So go figure. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we lived over, we lived abroad for a few years. We lived in Ireland and Scotland and Prague and uh, traveled to Italy for three months and just basically bummed around Europe um, for a few couple of years, a few years, came back to um, Toronto. We lived in Toronto for six years together, um, got married in Memphis and uh, and had two kids and, and we still have the kids. Um, we're we're going to keep them. We've decided. Good call. Good call. <laughs> um, yeah. So and then we moved to uh, yeah, we moved from Toronto, decided just with my parents being older and not as hands-on as grandparents and with Heather's parents being younger and much more hands-on, 
um, it made sense for us to move south. Yeah, it's been it's been great. I absolutely love Nashville. When I was younger, I I traveled a lot too. My mom was from New Zealand, and she mm-hmm. always said, you know, once you get out of school, grab a backpack and go. Yeah, yeah. And I always attribute that to. Um, just a lot of my sense of adventure was reinforced, my experimentation and my comfort with the unknown, mm-hmm. um, validation of um, just the, the power of relationship. Um, for you, what do you think were some of the factors that you experienced that have played a significant role for you today that you learned just by bumming around, like you said, the, the globe? I think... Um... Yeah, that's a really great question. I think in part, I think you realize that you don't need as much as you may think you need as far as material things. Um, I'm not a big materialistic kind of guy. And I mean, I had a two man tent and my wife and I used that a lot of the time, like in Italy, for example, we backpacked Italy for three months and we would stay at a pension or like a and b or something or a hotel one night a week usually. Um, but the rest of the time we'd be camping. And, you know, you learn that you don't need that much. You can travel on a budget. You don't need that much saved up to do it. So I learned that. I learned, you know, meeting people. I met a lot of people from all over the world. And, yeah, just going with the flow. I was always very open to, you know, getting to the fork in the road and just going the opposite direction you're planning to go and just seeing what's at the other end. Um, We did a lot of hitchhiking and things like that, too. Um, We climbed a volcano and crazy stuff like that. So I think... You learn to enjoy life. You learn um, about other cultures. It's really important to to do your best to hang with the locals and and to learn about the cultures that you know these countries that you're traveling to. But you know, I didn't want to be another tourist. I wanted to go and like hang out with the locals and and you know be there in the worst weather and just deal with it. You know, there's something about realizing that your plans aren't always going to go perfect, especially when you're traveling. It was like, Oh sure. You'd hurry up and wait was one of the things we would joke about because you'd be, you know, rushing to get to a train, you'd get there late (laughs) or you'd get there early and you end up waiting. Yeah. I think that's it. I think you learn to kind of go with the flow. Um, and you become a a better, more, you know, a well-rounded person. That's why I always encourage, especially younger people to, to get out of Dodge and, you know, travel. You are an amazing networker. Um, you've hosted Nash Cocktail for over five years. Um, it's just something that comes very natural to you. You have a really good Canadian charm about you. What are some of the elements from your book that you could uh, share with um, our listeners um, that can help them with networking? So the book is called New Business Networking, and so Q is the publisher, and it came out a couple of years ago now, and it's still on Amazon and, and uh, Barnes and Noble and such. And the book shares, uh, you know, I share some of my own stories. You know, coming to Nashville, I, you know, I didn't really know a soul in Nashville, and so I had to network pretty aggressively to a find a job, um, and then also just to meet other people. And I did that. I kind of wrote that out in the book of of how my experience, what my experiences were like doing that. How it's so important to follow up with the people that you meet it, when you are talking to somebody and you hit it off, and you really truly want to follow up with them, asking for a business card because then you have their business card. Um, otherwise, you're kind of left hoping that the person gets follows up with you. Um, so that's something like one little thing about business card networking, whether it's online or offline. It's all about you know quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. I talk about building your network, you know, before you actually need it. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people don't really consider. They think, oh, yeah, I'll start using LinkedIn when I need a job. 
Um, but when really you should be using it now and connecting with people now. So, and helping others because that's what networking is all about. It's about, you know, helping others before ever asking for anything in return. Mm -hmm. And how powerful it is when you just take the time to show that you actually care about what your friends are producing or creating and how powerful that can be to just be generous. Mm -hmm. And especially if you do it without expecting anything in return. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, how powerful. Yeah, No, that's, that's such an important, yeah, that's such an important part of networking too, because you can tell the people that are networking a room in the old school kind of way, like they're networking the room, talking to every person they can possibly talk to and just trying to like seal a deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and finding ways that you can help them before asking for anything in return and, and maybe not asking for anything in return. And that's perfectly fine. You're not doing it so you can ask for something in right. return. So let's go back in time to um, you yourself at about 20 years of age preparing for this life's journey and everything that you've experienced, what do you think you would have told yourself to prepare you to approach it effectively? Um, I would say don't fear. Like, I think, I think for me, I, um, I knew I didn't take the time to really focus on things that I was truly passionate about. And in reflecting on that now, your whole world around you, the people in it are going to keep moving forward. And if you're not thinking long term of where you want to be and you don't have that vision and, and things change, you know, pivots happen. But if you don't have some sort of vision of where you want to be. Um, then you're not going to get there. You know, and that it's funny what you just said. You know, it's such a paradox because we do mm-hmm. have dreams, we do have aspirations, and yet none of us know what tomorrow brings. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. goes back to what we were saying is, you know, when you've traveled or when you've experienced some life and you become a little seasoned, you realize not to take everything so profoundly. You know, breaking mm-hmm. up with that person, um, you know, different setbacks financially. It's like, as you start to mature and start to, you know, like I said, get seasoned a little, you focus to be a little bit more intentional on the things that are important. Right. And I think being positive about, about experiences too, about those failures and kind of finding those, those positive points. Um, you know, I think my most popular that I've sent, I kind of switch gears with my, with my newsletter. Um, and started talking more, sharing more personal stories and things. And and the one that got the most response was sharing a story of going to uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia with a, an ex-girlfriend who was my girlfriend at the time. And I shared the story and I won't bore you with it right now, but the long and the short of it was that she broke up with me there and like literally like, we're well, not literally, but cause that would be disgusting, but she, and also illegal, she tore my heart out of my oh. gut and just, you know, just stamped on it. And it was just a terrible, terrible situation. Um, but anyway, and, and so what I did from that experience was I went back to Toronto, broken hearted, really blue and really upset. I thought, you know what? I'm not getting anywhere with where I am right now. I'm going to bugger off and go backpack Europe. And guess what? I met my wife. Mm. That's awesome. Again, a really powerful metaphor. And I think that's something that um, your improv has not just taught you as a skill for your acting and your passion but I think it's taught you a lot of that for life. And I really want to thank you for being on the show and sharing with us. If people want to get a hold of you, I understand that you have a little something, something that you want to share with people. Can you share your contacts and your, your little gift you've uh, wanted to share? 
Yeah, sure. So um, you can reach me at futureforth.com is where you can find me. I'm Dave Delaney on Twitter as well if you want to tweet me. Um, and yeah, my Improve with Improv uh, ebook, I'll, I'll make that available uh, for your listeners for free. I guess I'll give you a code and they can come to your show notes and, and grab it from sure. there. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank cool. you so much um, for your generosity for both for uh, the ebook as well as just your time and your, your candor and always being your wonderful Canadian self. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks for having me, man. I want to thank Dave for joining us today. All of the links to contact him, check out his company, Future Forth, and to access the free gift he offered uh, to help you improve with improv. They're all available on the website at upinyourbusiness.co. It's episode 012 with Dave Delaney. You can find all that information there and more. In addition, if you want to get a hold of me to tell me uh, about your experience here listening to the show or have questions for me or anything of that nature, please feel free to email me. My email address, hello at angusnelson.com. I would love to hear from you. Next week, we'll be back with more. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming to join me on the show. Um, Have an incredible week. Enjoy for all of you Americans your Thanksgiving holiday with family and friends. Other than that, have an incredible day and be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com. Give me a little check, check on the mic, please. Check, check on the mic, please. Check, 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 check. Yeah. Perfect. That's what she said. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Check, 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 check. All right. Take two.